5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a live edition of Weigh-In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. And man, man, did we have a crazy day of college football on Saturday. And are we going to have some fun talking about these games over the weekend? Um, just, a, just so many things kind of answered for us. That I don't think people realize what we found out on Saturday. And we found out that they're probably, you know, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, there's probably going to be one team or a couple conferences not in the uh, the playoff. And I think if you're looking at it, Wisconsin's the only team, unless just chaos happens, that has a chance to make the playoffs out of the Big Ten. And, you know, I know they played a weak schedule. I'm going to have to give them some love because at least they're winning these games. And, you know, there's something to said about winning football games. And if, if they're a fraud, they'll be, shown, they'll be shown up in this year, probably before the – before it even starts, really, before the uh, playoff even gets here, before the conference championships get here. I'm having some issues logging in right now. So give me just a moment. We'll get everybody in. Let me bring on – the man himself, Jonathan. Jonathan, sorry to keep you waiting, buddy. How's it going? Uh, it's uh, doing good, Brian. Uh, you know, yesterday, great weekend, uh, great day of college football. Uh, you know, I'm uh, always a big fan of when chaos reigns supreme, and that is that is mm. definitely what uh, <laughs> what we had. That was yeah. Oh boy. But usually, I can predict. You know, I get a feeling, but yesterday I didn't have that feeling. I didn't, I didn't really look at I was gonna come in there and dominate them like that. That really surprised me. And and you know, I'm not a fan of Ohio State. Um, I think it really shocked me the way they got beat down like that. And I think we're forgetting too. And they mentioned it during the game. Let's not take away from. Let's not just make this about Ohio State. Let's make it about how good Iowa played. And that was. To me, some of the best football I've seen all season out of Iowa. Jonathan, is that surprising to you? It is me, but Iowa played the best four quarters of football just about that I've seen all season. Oh, you know, I mean, Iowa's a very talented team. They have a very good coach, a well-coached, disciplined team. That's always been the recipe for success. Um, and, uh, you know, lo- lo- looking at it and looking at how they performed, they knew that if they forced J.T. Burt to throw the ball, they could take advantage uh, of everything that Penn State really couldn't in the uh, second half of their game. And they had a great game plan. They went, they came out, and they uh, they punched him in the mouth, and, and they didn't back down. You know, when it was 17-17, you know, I think we all got a little nervous. We're like, man, Ohio State's going to wind up pulling away and win by, like, 21 points. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, it's, four, it's 45-17. You're sitting there going, whoa. Like, you know, I mean, we all knew Iowa was good. We know the Big Ten – is very talented top to bottom this year. You know, it's not just Ohio State, Penn State, but you have Michigan State and, and, and Michigan and Wisconsin and even, you know, like Northwestern and Iowa where they're good enough so when they catch you on a bad day, they will beat you down on a bad day. Yeah, especially with Ohio State coming off that huge hump behind win against Penn State at home. Then they're – scheduled in between Michigan State next weekend. So, and I know Ohio State probably was still up from that game last week, but that's the thing about football. This time of year, what did we talk about? 
Jonathan, when you start looking at the big picture, when you start trying to figure out the big picture is when your butt gets bit. I'm telling you, man. It's like, and, and I'll give you an example. I was looking, and this is me at 41 years old, and I kind of know that upsets can happen. But even this past week, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, this Georgia-Auburn game is going to be huge. And guess what? Dumbass me sitting over here overlooking Texas A&M. Yes, they're not a great team this year. But still, it's on the road, Jonathan. And these kids, I think they they think 100 times worse than I do. They're like, oh, we got these guys. It's Iowa coming in. We, we're we going to kill Iowa. We're going to survive and get past them at least. And all of a sudden, you you start getting behind. That, that seven-point lead becomes 14, and all of a sudden it's 17, and then it's 24, and then it's 31, and then you're screwed. And uh, I don't know. It's just this time of year, if you're not mentally tough as a team, and the injuries you started seeing Alabama last night, their injuries are starting to mount up. You've got to have a little luck or you're going to run into a roadblock. And I, I don't think anybody's safe, Jonathan, from, from this, this happening to them. There's nobody in college football right now that you could honestly say you feel 100% sure that they're going to win every football game they play from here on out. No, you're, you're right. I mean, this is um, – you know, I mean, we all remember 2007 when a two-loss team won the national championship. Uh, and, and, you know, we're on the 10-year anniversary of that, and we're getting just as much uh, chaos and craziness as we did then. Um, you know, I mean, you, you look at Ohio State, who's in a perfect uh, hangover slash look-ahead spot to where, you know, they, they've they, – and on the road nonetheless. You know, they, they just come off that huge emotional win. They're looking ahead to the Michigan State game, which should decide uh, your division, and you forget all about Iowa. And, you know, they, they, it's not a joke. <laughs> When we talk about the Iowa Magic, you know, ranked teams, when they go to Ames and they go to Iowa City, they tend to go there to die. There's usually nothing good coming out of a, a road trip there, especially out of a night game. You know, Iowa has beaten its last three AT top three opponents. It's faced, or top five opponents, it's faced at home now. Um, you know, I, and it's not like it was, you know, a couple years ago. No, I mean, a while back, it's all recent. So it doesn't matter. Iowa, year in, year out, they can um, they can go ahead and get her done and get up on you. Just like Iowa State got, you know, went ahead and took down TCU. And we all remember 2011 when Iowa State cost uh, Oklahoma a shot for the national title. You know, there was uh, uh, Iowa last year taking down Michigan. <laughs> you know, I mean, a year in, year out. I don't know why anybody ever overlooks those games. I know. Those are the ones, and they're always – right at the first part of November. And that's the – I'll tell you, there's three parts of the season. You get that first few weeks, you're getting your feet wet. The second week, you're starting to get your stride. And then the third the third part of this season, which is November, you've got rivalry week, the weather cool, cools down. You're starting to get plagued with injuries, and you're just looking at the big picture. You know, Jonathan, you, in September, you really don't look at the big picture as much. But when it's November and you're starting to look at it, you're like, hell, I can win. You know, I can – we yep. could make the playoff if we went out. Well, sorry, guys. There's uh, Michigan State waiting on you. Sorry. I wonder if, you know, and I know Penn State's hearing it all the time. What if uh, Penn State only loses one game? They don't make it to the playoff. Will they, or they don't make it to the Big Ten Championship. Will they get in? And I, I, I just think that Saban's right. It is rat poison to these players, and I think it's rat poison to the coaches, too, because you telling me the reason these kids are looking ahead is because their coaches don't have them them grounded, really, I don't think. Like, you know, Saban, I think he he does a good job of getting his team ready week in and week out. You've got to love that consistency that he brings. 
uh, the football. But, man, it's, it's going to happen again this week. You watch and see this week in football. We've got a lot of big games coming up. You've got Georgia coming into Auburn. Jonathan, a one-point favorite, opened up in Auburn. I mean, Auburn's got a good chance to win that game. They could lose it, but, hell, I mean, Georgia's the number one team in the country. So if they go down, all of a sudden it starts opening up doors for other teams, even possible two-loss teams. Um, it's just crazy, man. I mean, tell me about this next weekend coming up before we break down the games that happened yesterday. I mean, I'm looking at the slate. It's a huge slate of games. And I think a lot can be determined uh, in this weekend. Oh, no. I mean, you're you're 100% right where Big Ten East will be decided, most likely, um, Saturday at noon when, uh, you know, um, Sparty travels to the horseshoe. You've got the battle for the top spot in the Big 12 with TCU and Oklahoma. Um, you've got Miami's undefeated. Uh, season's on the line when they host uh, Notre Dame, and they got game day. Uh, then, you know, you also have uh, the Deep South's oldest rivalry and uh, Georgia going to Auburn. Um, and then you have uh, Alabama going to Mississippi State. <laughs> There's, you know, and on Friday night, Washington's got to go to Stanford. So you could see the Pac-12 eliminated Friday Ooh. night. You, you could see the uh, you you could uh, see the Big Twelve really, and you that's a separation game. That's a playoff game. Oklahoma, TCU and Oklahoma with the playoff game. If TCU wins that game, they are front runners. That they went out during the playoff. Whoever wins that game is a front runner now, right? You look at uh, at the ACC where you know you have the undefeated Miami, where if they sustain a loss with the way their schedule's gone, I don't know if they can hang around. But also, it's a Notre Dame eliminator. Like you know, the the this could be that's a loser leaves town game and almost in all honesty. So I mean this this is the weekend now. Like you said, Alabama sustained losses. Now they got to go to Starkville. That's going to be a tough game. That ain't going to be fun. Yep. Uh, Start you know Mississippi State and Bulldogs they play hard. You know I mean Georgia could they sustain the loss to Auburn? Yeah, but you know it, it doesn't really will that really benefit you? No, and, you know for Auburn you know they win this game they still got hope. Not maybe not for the playoffs. You know, there's going to need to be some hope there. But they've got hope that they can even win the SEC West. Because as long as they beat Georgia, and they, then all it is is them and Alabama, the Iron Bowl. And then whoever wins that gets the rematch with Oga. Um, You know, so, I mean, this is, this, you know, like, like I said, you always look forward to November, and you're like, man, you know, how are these games going to shape out? How are the weeks going to look? And then you get November, and you're like, every week is stacked. It's nice when you have the, 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 the quiet week threes and week fives. Because at the end of the day, A, usually not quiet, but B, it, it builds to this climax of pandemonium that we call November. And Ohio State is a 17-point favorite over Michigan State. My God, I just – I mean, you wonder. I mean, Ohio State gets a lot of love every week. You know, it's like with the point spread in Vegas. But that tells me something right there, that Michigan State's not as good as, as beating Penn State. I just think Penn State got caught. Uh, just the same way Ohio State did with their pants down, and now both of them. I don't care what anybody says; they're out of the playoff. I don't. I don't see any way that you could you could rebound from that if you're Ohio State. But I mean, you know, sitting here, Michigan. I know they lost a couple games this year, but what if they caught fire, Jonathan? Right now, at the right time, they haven't lost late. What if they went out, win the Big Ten? I mean, do they? I don't think they do, but. They have a better shot than the other teams besides Wisconsin. Right. Well, I know it's funny when you look at uh, at Michigan because they haven't beaten anybody with a winning record. 
Okay, they lost to Michigan State in the monsoon game, right? What 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 if what if it's not a monsoon? You know, does Michigan win that game? We don't know. We're talking about a very very good defense at Michigan. They just switched quarterbacks to Brandon Peters. Brandon Peters won the ball down. He throws past some weeks. Very good too. The top two running backs both have put 190 yards against Minnesota. Um, you know, so you look at Michigan. This is a team that matches up pretty well with Ohio State right now. Uh, to where they're going to be able to uh, force J.T. Barrett to throw. Um, you know, the only weakness really on their defense is, is their safety because their corners are, are, are damn good. So, you know, it, 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 that's going to be a big game. we got to see if Michigan can get there first. got a big test with Wisconsin coming up real soon. Um, you know, I mean, this is the, – the Big Ten, this might be the best the Big Ten has been in a while. And this is probably the best the Big 12 has been since, you know, Nebraska and Mizzou were still around. You know, it's, it's amazing how deep these conference, uh, conferences have, have gotten. And then, of course, you look at the Pac-12 and you're like, well, they're really not that good. They have, they have some fun, but they're not that good. Uh, you know, they, there's really two clear-cut teams and the Pac-12. And one of them just got nicked in the butt by the fact that their conference, when they did the schedules, gave them no – I mean, I don't understand how the Pac-12 would do the USC, but whatever works. You know, I mean, it's, it's – it, you know, looking at the ACC, look, Clemson – I mean, they all but locked up the Atlantic. They still got to play South Carolina at the end of the year. I imagine that's going to be the most competitive that game has been in a while. Um, then they're probably going to play Miami for uh, the conference title. I mean, they can get eliminated uh, from their uh, from the playoff as well. I mean, we could be talking about two SEC teams, a, uh, a Notre Dame, and possibly an undefeated 13-0 UCF. Hey, Jonathan, will you check your connection? I'm going to bring Quinn on real quick. Quinn, uh, how do we sound? Does everything sound good? You you sound you sound fine. Uh, Jonathan sounded a little bit quieter. Okay, Jonathan's going to check that for us. Uh, Quinn, what did you think of this crazy-ass weekend in sports, man? It was um, a crazy Saturday in football. I think the Big Ten's eliminated. Uh, from the playoffs, unless Wisconsin can can run the table. Yeah, their only hope is Wisconsin. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I didn't think that Iowa could do it, but I also shouldn't be surprised since Iowa every year seems to win to pull an upset at home. So, and then Michigan well, State, Penn State. I thought Penn State was going to win, but I wasn't too surprised. Mitch, Michigan State is a lot better than they were last year. They're actually a pretty good team. And I think the fact that Ohio State is a 17-point favorite over them at home, I think Vegas is really missing something because how Ohio State played yesterday, I don't know how you can have them a 17-point favorite. Yeah, I can see a 10-point favorite, but not – not 17. That's a little much, but sometimes you have to go with Vegas. Not all the time, but sometimes when, when they miss a line, you think you're the one missing it. So there's something that we're probably missing here that, that we're not seeing. Um, yeah. Quinn, what do you think? Georgia opened up a one-point favorite over Auburn in Auburn. That's um, that's kind of a good line right there. It shows that, that things can happen. I'll give you an example. Bama's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Mississippi State at night. Georgia's a one-point favorite in in Jordan Hare. Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big game this weekend. 
Yeah, it's going to be Auburn's biggest home game since uh, the Bama game in 2013. Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm fine with that. I actually wish they had Georgia more of a favorite. I don't care. I'd rather have Georgia the favorite in that game, though. And, guys, don't try talking yourselves into that Bama-Mississippi State game's going to be a game. It's not going to be a game. Bama's going to blow them out. It it won't be close. How's Bama going to blow them out when Bama can't really – they can't really run the ball and they can't throw the ball? Hmm. Have you seen what what's happened whenever Mississippi State has played a good team? I mean, you look well, at what Georgia did weeks. to them. You look at what Auburn did to them. You don't think well, that was earlier in the year thing? on the road? Yeah, but it's different when you're playing in, in Starkville with those cowbells, and and it's earlier in the season too. Mississippi State, yeah, they they stumbled. They did a couple games in a row there, but they've looked good, Jonathan. Um, ever since they've come back out again, I don't think they're going to beat Bama, but I mean, I think it's going to be a, a fist fight. And this time in November, you always get these fist fights this time of year. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, I, honestly, I'm, I'm with Clint because you look at how Mississippi State performed against Georgia, and you look at how they performed against Auburn, and they got they got their skulls kicked in. I think Bama's got a, um, got, you know, they're they're beat up. They're coming off a tough game against LSU. They lost two linebackers. Um, you know, I mean that that that's the team that's going to be hurting. But I, I mean, I, I got to side with Quinn. You know, I I, I don't know if it's going to be like forty nine to three. But I could just see Bama just slowly smothering Mississippi State to death, you know, something like a 23-3 to kind of game where they just slowly kick their teeth in throughout and yeah. they got the strangle home. You're not really watching because it's going to be boring. Yeah, I think it's – I mean, I think, you know, I mean, they don't have a lot of weapons on that offense for Mississippi State. Bama's defense is dominant. We know that. But it's just one of those games you have to keep an eye on. It's not like – LSU, where you knew Alabama was going to win that football game, or Tennessee. This is uh, this is, at least it has my interest right now. Fitzgerald, let's see how he does at home. We'll see how good Mississippi State loses big right here. It just kind of shows you how bad the SEC is, really. It's uh, it really does. And Mississippi State's been beating the piss out of everybody, but Auburn and Georgia, and if Alabama kicks their skulls, and then you realize that. The SEC has about two or three real good teams, and the rest of them are just pedestrian, really. So it's, it's going to tell a lot about the conference, I think, and how this game goes. It's always good to have three or four real good teams in your conference. I just don't think this year. I know the SEC looks bad, Quinn, from uh, about four, five through 14. It doesn't look good at all. Yeah, I agree. It's down. Not that I really care. I don't. See, I don't even understand no. the conference debates. Like that, I mean, that doesn't really matter to me. So, I mean, as long as long as Auburn does well, I don't, I don't really care how the rest of the conference does. Yeah, it does kind of let you know how your team, like say Georgia, right now, are they really number one in the country? Are they really? They're undefeated. Is it because? They really haven't played the competition every week in and week out that they normally do. 
or is it just because they're very dominant? And I think it's I think it's a mixture of both. I mean, Georgia already wrapped up their division right now, so it shows you how bad the East is. They're always bad, but <laughs> still, I mean, yeah. there's a there's a lot of football left. There's a lot of football left in this in this college. It's good to, but I mean, Missouri they're terrible. Vanderbilt, Kentucky they're terrible. Ole Miss is terrible. A and M's terrible. Um, hell, I'm missing some, but South Carolina is god awful. Kentucky yeah. piss poor. I mean, well, think about it. They're well, all bad. Well, besides Notre Dame, South Carolina gave Georgia their closest game of 14 points yesterday. Besides that Notre Dame game where Notre Dame only lost by a point, I think Georgia's won like every other game by like 21 plus, and then South Carolina uh, kept it to 14. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, South Carolina's terrible. That's why I like Auburn's chances, Jonathan, this weekend, because South Carolina's awful. And I know they beat NC State early in the season, first game. That's the first game. But South Carolina, given Georgia hell yesterday, kind of has to be concerning if you're a Georgia fan right now. Nah, not really. I mean, Georgia knew that talent-wise, they were better. And they could just kind of put their thumb on them and hold them down for a while. Okay, you know, just put the game away whenever they kind of feel like it. Because they were saving their guns for next week. You know, Grant, look, Georgia looks very good. Their defense is phenomenal. They can run the ball great. Their offensive line's uh, spectacular. They also got two freshman quarterbacks. They ain't really throwing the ball around the yard that much. I think that's, that's, that's something that a lot of people keep forgetting about. Is that the one game that Fromm was tasked to throw was that Notre Dame game, and he kind of had like a, you know, an average stat line, if you will. It was nothing nothing really phenomenal about it. It was more Georgia's defense made one more play than Notre Dame could. Um, so I think, you know, you don't have to be worried if you're Georgia. You don't have to be worried if you're or excited if you're Auburn about what happened last weekend uh, in that game. I think that, you know, it's one of those look-ahead spots. That, that's the thing. This time of year, you're going to see funky look-ahead spots. Um, you know, I mean, because Georgia knows – this game, I guess, maybe the Tech game, that's it. They ain't got nothing else going on for them uh, until Atlanta. Uh, so, you know, I think Georgia's just fine. I think we're going to have a great matchup and uh, in Jordan Hare come Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. We'll, we'll preview that game uh, hopefully this week if we can if we can hit a show. But you got to you got to lock Auburn at the quarterback position in that game being at home with a freshman on the road and Auburn, one of the biggest games he's ever played. You got to look at Auburn's defense and say, okay, let's, let's see what you got now up front. That's the difference in this football game. I think is the quarterback. I mean, running backs, Georgia's got the advantage, um, but they're going to have to do more than run the football to win. They're not going to run the football with all these running backs like they've been doing against some of these other teams. I hope not, but the quarterback's going to win the game for Auburn. Or or Georgia. I don't think Auburn's going to be able to run the football very well. I don't think Georgia's going to be able to. Who can make the down the field throws? It looks like to me Stidham's a, a lot better, accurate passer down the field with a stronger arm. Plus being at home, being a little older, I think that's going to make a big difference. And let's not forget special teams. Auburn had two field goals blocked yesterday. Uh, a one a punt return, a kick return. Hell, they they gave it up all. Quinn Auburn looked terrible yesterday, actually. 
during that football game for the most part. Besides that last minute and a half of the, the second quarter, Texas A&M was right there with them. Yeah, the that the special teams problem on those on those two field goals was bizarre to me. I don't I don't know how that happened. But to me where the game is gonna be won is it's gonna come down to Auburn's offensive line. Can they block can they give Stidham enough time to throw the ball? Because if they can't, this could be like the Clemson game where he's just getting his his tail whipped all game, just getting sacked all game long, and that's what I'm scared for. Is <laughs> can this offensive line oh, yeah. do enough to block? And you know what? I think Georgia's defense is probably better than Clemson this time of year compared to where Clemson was early in the season with Auburn. And um, the I, mean, I keep going back to this, Jonathan. This game's in Jordan Hare. And I think that means that's about 10 points right there in this game almost it, with this kind of difference in quarterback. I think there's a, I think it's a big deal that this game's in Auburn. I was hoping it was a night game, but we'll, we'll take the 330 game. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, George, uh, Clemson's secondary so beat up right now. Whereas, like, they were completely healthy when, when they got to hit Auburn and hit them, they did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, no, Jordan Harris definitely got something to it. I think uh, that's a great uh, – three. I mean, we knew it was going to be the CBS game. If so, so I, I think uh, at the end of the day, Auburn has great success at home. Uh, that's definitely where the, this team has been so good under Malzahn. And I, I honestly mm-hmm. believe that um, at, at the end of the day, I think Auburn can, can get this one done. But they, they just got to take care of the ball. They've got to be – Real, real cautious because two turnovers and this game's over. Yeah, and you know what, Auburn still can't do. I thought they were gonna, they were getting better with Petway getting healthy against Arkansas, but Quinn, they still can't run the football, man. And and I know you're not gonna be able to just stack it up and run over Georgia, but you've got to be able to run the football. I think between the tackles, and I still don't have faith in this Auburn running game. And uh, it's just very frustrating. Yeah, I get where you're coming from of being concerned of how it'll do against a really good defense. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure, but more than anything, I kind of blame it on the offensive line. Just the offensive line isn't as good as we thought it would be this year. And then when it started to really start to click, then guys started getting injured. So. I I just think it more has to do with the offensive line more than anything. Plus, plus, uh, Gus doesn't like to use all the all the backs we have that cause all kinds of different problems. Like I don't know why they don't why they don't use Malik Miller more because he's kind of petway type and he's good. He's a bigger dude. It brings a different kind of variance than Carry uh, oh. on Johnson or a, or a Cam Martin. I think you're going to see that this weekend. I think he's going to. There's he's he's been holding some of these younger guys out there, and Cam Martin not giving them a lot of touches. I think he's trying to to make sure these guys are kind of fresh this time of year. And also, when you're Georgia, you're looking at film. 
You're looking at Carrion Johnson. Maybe looking at Cam Martin a little bit. Stove on some jet sweeps sometimes, and and play action down the field. I think Gus is going to kind of hit him with the running backs this time. Uh, Barrett's a good one, but we'll see. It's it's yeah, I, I, look. You got to win. You got to play. If Auburn can beat Georgia, I'd like their chances against Alabama. Honestly, in a couple weeks, if they don't beat Georgia, and it depends on how they lose. It may be an eight and four season, and and I think that gets Gus Malzahn fired. If they go eight and four this year, um, they're going to be looking for a coach, Quinn. And also, I heard that that Gus is looking at accepting Arkansas is trying to get Gus away right now before Auburn fires him. They want Arkansas wants Gus Malzahn to be their next coach. I don't think that would hurt my feelings, Quinn, if uh, if Gus left Auburn to go to Arkansas. Oh wow! Well, if that happens, then. Well, the thing is, is is who's going to be looking for the coach if Jay Jacobs <laughs> is pretty much not our AD anymore? Like, how how in the heck and how in the heck are they giving him until June 2018? I don't understand that. Just fire the dude. It's and not going to be that AD. long. It's not going to be that long. Okay. Well, if they're going to get rid of Gus, they better have an AD in place by then, or else who's going to look for the new coach, the president of the university? Like, that same committee that got him in place. That'll, that'll be his new look. I have a lot of faith in them. They brought Gene Chip again, then they brought Gus Malzahn. <laughs> yes, we won a national championship, but it's two, two of the sissiest coaches I've ever seen in my life. Like, Annoying too. Well, let's go. Let's go through the top, the polls real quick. AP came out with a lot of movement. Um, Ohio State down to eleven after after their loss against Iowa, which kind of surprising. Jonathan, I thought Ohio State would drop more than went to eleven. Oklahoma State fell to twelve after that great game that they played. Michigan State all the way up to thirteen. I think they were like 22 or something. Uh, Southern Cal up at 15, overrated. Uh, Penn State at 16. And, Jonathan, are we honestly going to sit here and say that Southern Cal is better than Penn State right now? Would you honestly say that? No. Not in a million years would I say that Southern Cal is uh, better than Penn State. I mean, I have USC behind Penn State myself. Um, I, I think it's I, – I look, man, the AP poll – is a broken system, okay? Because what they do is they just move people up and down. They don't act, they don't sit there and evaluate the whole thing. They just week by week moving them up, moving them down. Whereas people like myself and the playoff committee, we tear it apart every week. We we'll go over your entire slate every and go from there. I mean, it's it's reality ridiculous how some of these teams climb in the polls. When you know you're sitting there going, well, okay, well they have they lost their first two games of the year, but because they haven't lost since then, we're going to keep uh, bumping them up. Come on now, come on, child, please. I know it's uh, we got a couple callers in, but yeah, I mean Southern Cal is terrible. I mean I think they're they're terrible. I think Washington State's better. I think Virginia Tech's better. I think Mississippi State's better. I mean it's just it's unbelievable. The AP LSU fell out of the poll. Um, they dropped out after that loss, and let's let's be honest, that LSU offense is terrible. That Auburn win was a fluke. 
but it was it was a win that that they got. But I think LSU being outside the pole, Jonathan, out of the top twenty-five, is accurate. Yeah, I mean, I don't have them ranked. Uh, you know, it, it's hard. I mean, I get it. There's a lot. Once you get past all your one and two loss teams, especially your power five, not necessarily your group of five, once you get past them, you're, you're messing with a bunch of three loss teams, right? And it's like, okay, well, who's the best three loss team? I mean, this year more than any other year has been more of, well, do we really care past the top ten? Or do we really care past top 15? You know, do we have to uh, top 25 this year? Uh, because it's so hard to differentiate um, all these different schools and who's actually better. You know, I mean, you know, you, you, you look at it, and it's like you, you have a three-loss team in Iowa State who beat Oklahoma and TCU, right? Well, okay, fine. Maybe they're in the top 25, but who else? North Carolina State, what's their best one? Kentucky, what's their best one? South Carolina, what's their best You know, South Carolina, oh, South Carolina beat North Carolina. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, this year because there's so much parity and everybody's beating each other up, and there's teams that are usually you would expect to um, – you know, have top spots in the top 25 or at least be there who aren't there. <clears throat> um, might be a school in Tallahassee, might be one in Gainesville. Um, you know, that it just creates this, uh, this interesting dynamic of what's actually a quality win, what's actually a top 25 win. Is every win a quality win this year? We don't know. Yeah, well, let's bring on, um, I think it's Sonny Clark. Sonny, welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? Just sitting here listening and and watching the Seattle Seahawks about ready to go down, which makes my day. Oh, yeah, anytime Seattle loses, that's great. Well, what did you think about these uh, college football this past weekend? Um, my, I, hey, I called Georgia. They're sitting in the top four. Called them at the beginning of the year. People said, Sonny, you're crazy. So yeah. every once in a while, Sonny's crazy, crazy picks comes out. Uh, but love to see Penn State get beat by Michigan State. Love seeing Ohio State go down. I guess it's one of those things. There, there's a, uh, um, a, a study, how you see successful people go down. You feel really good. That's what it is. It just would have been topped off if Alabama got beat. So. <laughs> well, Sonny, Sonny, I want to come back to you with Georgia a minute. So you did say this early in the season. I will give you credit. It was uh, before the season started. But what made you, what made you think Georgia was capable of this kind of run? I didn't see it coming, to be honest with you. Um, and I know the well, SEC football pretty good. So, so tell me what your uh, plan was. Well, when I was watching last year, and I seen what I know it's this is kind of stupid, but you watch the sidelines. You know, when they, when they pan to the sidelines and you see guys and you see them on the sideline and you see how they interact with people. And what I saw is coaches and players getting together, not coaches and players yelling at each other after mistakes. And at the end of the year, if you watch Georgia football, which I don't know why I did, but I did, I saw a lot of guys getting together and and actually talking about what ended up happening. You didn't see the sideline where coaches were losing losing it on players. Then at the beginning of the season and going through all of the, you know, their training camps and everything else, you, ju- you just got a sense that this team was going to build on what they did last year. And in watching the sidelines and watching the play, 
and they're getting great quarterback play at the end of the season as well. So when I was watching it last year, I seen uh, this is a team that that is beginning to start getting better, and then if they start meshing and then bringing in the young talent that they did this year, they could be a team that you have to watch out for. Because of the schedule, it's tough. Even if they lost one game, which which so far is not the case, they would still be up there considering the Duke out. And the two games that had me worried was Notre Dame, and they got that victory. Not only that, they got a good victory. Then Mississippi State, I don't know why I just felt that that was a game that could come back and get them, but it wasn't, and, they, and they're where they are now. And I think they're, I, they're, they're, they're going to be successful. I think you'll see them in the championship game. So, so, you, so I'm going to ask you, Mississippi State had you more concerned than going to Auburn in the rival game? I, no, well, let, let's, be, let's be honest. Okay, and with all due respect to your <laughs> Auburn Tigers, they, they, they haven't impressed me in the last two years. So, um, but not, not that Mississippi State has, but their defense is re- their defense is really, uh, really uh, a hard nosed defense. And that was a game I think they had to get around. I'm not saying okay. that I felt that they were going to win them, uh, you know, or or lose the game, but. You know, there's always that one game that you just forget about, or it's a trap game. And I felt that Mississippi State could be that, put be yeah. that game okay. more so than and, Auburn because it was that, you like you said, that rivalry I'm, game. Auburn had impressed me in four years, so I mean, it's been, <laughs> it's been a, few, it's been a, it has been a while. I'll be honest with you, it's been it's been painful. But you know, Georgia, when I watch them play, and and when I just, you know, when I close my eyes and picture playoff teams, I can see Alabama. I can see Notre Dame. I can see Clemson. I can see Oklahoma. I, I just can't – well, Oklahoma can't play defense. But it's just hard for me, and it's probably just because I'm not used to seeing Georgia do this good. That's that's probably right. the bias that I have. I'm not used to – I'm used to watching Georgia choke. That's what I'm used to seeing. I'm used to seeing them – choke already a couple of times but this year they're not choking it looks like they're taking every game serious and I think that has to do with their head coach Kirby Smart um, emulating what Nick Saban did at Alabama I think I think that's what he's doing he's he's got that program believing in themselves I mean it's just a freshman quarterback you're 9-0 right now with a chance to, to play like you said even losing to Auburn they're going to have a chance in that SEC championship game if they win, they're going to the playoffs. So good call, Sonny, on the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, I like where they're at, and and also just, just you know that I did forget one game that happened that I I was glad to see TCU beat uh, Texas. Now we can shut up about how great their coach is now. Who, Tom Herman? Yeah. I think I think Jonathan predicted Texas to go six and six or five and seven. Which one was it, Jonathan, when the season started? I'm pretty sure I had them going six and six. I figured they'd get a little bit of a buff. I mean, because here's here's the thing. All right, we do this every year, guys, and, and maybe it's not us, but the media <laughs> and fans in general. You get a new coach, okay, at, at a situation like Texas, who went five and seven, or like. Purdue, who was, what, 2-10, and ten, and schools like that, and you expect these immediate, inst- instantaneous, positive results. 
you know, or, well, Texas is going to win nine, ten games this year. Look, Purdue's going to win, you know, seven games. You're like, well, the, pump the brakes, okay? You didn't, they didn't walk into great situations. If they had, they wouldn't be there. Let's be real for a second, okay? So every, you know, every, people get got so overexcited about Texas without realizing that the defense needed work, and that's been fixed in all reality. The defense, ha, you know, defense is playing very well, and the offense needs a lot of work. And you don't have any running backs of note. You don't have any receivers of note. Your offensive line's gotten injured left and right, which is a shame. And you're running with two freshman quarterbacks, well, a sophomore and a freshman. You know, so we knew Texas' offense was, was going to struggle. This, isn't one, this wasn't going to be Tom Herman, Ohio State, coming in and lighting the one on fire with five-star recruits. Right, I mean, he was having to deal with a, a, a short stack with what Charlie Strong left him. Charlie Strong wanted to talk about how he left him such a, a good cover. Well, look, if it was such a good cover, Charlie Strong would have been fired because he would have won more games. Let's be honest, okay? Charlie Strong couldn't recruit the state of Texas, and that, that wound up being the issue that got him fired, uh, which is why he was a bad hire to begin with. So I think yep. when you look at, at some of these schools who had to replace their coach uh, because, of, um, because of reasons of underperformance, you have to give the new coach one, two, three years to get there. You know, if Texas goes six and six, that's a win. Because guess what? Under Charlie Strong, they didn't even go bowling, uh, except for I think once, if I'm not mistaken, in four years. So if they can go bowling as Tom Herman's first year, well, let's have a parade for him, right? I mean, the dude's doing good things. It's just you got to give him time, and, and and you have to be patient with with with, uh, with these new coaches. Just like what you know, you can't expect Harbaugh. Okay, because Harbaugh came exactly. into a bad Michigan program and ten wins, ten. You know, you can't expect that. That's not going to happen. Nope. You know, Gus Malzahn comes in, boom, we're in the national championship game. You can't expect that, right? These are different institutions and different levels of talent. And in the Malzahn case, he had a leg up because he knew all the damn talent already. Yeah, and, and that's a that's a good point right there. But hey, I forgot to tell you guys. Guess who? Guess who dropped two places? From four to six in the polls, uh, Quinn. What in Clemson? In the AP poll, Wisconsin dropped two places after a win yesterday. Oklahoma dropped them. Um, <laughs> boy, they beat Indiana by twenty-eight points and got dropped. Like, mm-hmm. dude. Come on, Oklahoma can't play defense. I was very, I was very, I was very unimpressed with uh, Oklahoma yesterday in that defense. Jesus. So here's yeah. the thing about Bedlam. Here's the thing about that game. Every good defensive play was because of a mistake by the offense. Now, usually you're like, well, isn't that how it always is? No. There are times where the defense just makes a great play. A defensive end just whips a left tackle, gets around and gets the sack. Or a corner has great coverage. Or he makes an insane interception. There were you watch, the, you watch these interceptions, right? And you're like, huh, he hit the linebacker right in the chest. Like, he took two steps and hit him. And, what, you know, he didn't have to jump up and twist and make an insane play. He hit him in the chest. You know, you watched it where the running backs were just running right into the center's ass and expecting to go somewhere. Like, it was such bad defense that I watched the second half of the game, at least the fourth quarter, and I sat there afterwards and I went, I bet you if I told you if I told somebody and I said Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State 62-52 to yesterday, they would look at me and go, 
Oh, that sounds like a, a decent basketball game. Sounds like some good defense was played. Well, what if I told you it was bad defense in football? I mean, because that, that, that was almost offensive. I, got, I was getting more annoyed watching how bad there was defensively. And it's bad coaching. And, and, and a lot of it where guys just don't know what the hell they're doing. And then you see Baker Mayfield or Mason Rudolph make two mistakes in the game. And, and, and everyone wants, everybody's going to look at him and go, well, how could you? And you're like, guys. Average quarterbacks make five bad throws at least a game. Most of them just fall incomplete. You know, so, I mean, it, it, was, it was just absolutely pitiful. The embarrassing, mm. the revolting, disgusting lack of defense that was showcased yesterday. And let me tell you this much. Oklahoma makes it to the playoffs. They will get punched in the throat by whoever they play. If it's Notre Dame, Georgia, Alabama, um, you know, I mean, they, they will get punched Clemson, definitely Clemson. They will get punched in the throat and left for dead. And we're going to sit there and go, so we gave Baker Mayfield a Heisman because he did what again? I mean, that, that's what it is at the end of the day. Yeah. Where, you know, if, if TCU is the best team in that conference. They can actually play defense and they have a good offense. TCU is who the Big 12 needs because that's a team that could beat a Clemson. They could beat a Notre Dame, maybe. They could beat a Georgia, maybe. They could yeah. may, may I don't even give them a maybe against Alabama. Can, yeah, okay, can I say Jonathan, this? I'll we'll check your connection like, real quick. Yeah, go ahead, Quinn. Like, like I'll, like I'll say, I'll say this. I think I could have played played better, better in the secondary than Oklahoma and Oklahoma State played. Those corners and safeties just let the wide receiver go and catch the ball. Like, I saw at some point, the corners and safeties just stopped trying, even stopped trying to play defense. They're just like, well, we're going to score anyway, so I'll just let them score. And I'm like, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's not my, Sonny, that's not my game when I watch that kind of play. Clemson, Oklahoma would score 10 points against the teams Jonathan mentioned right there. Whether it be Alabama, yeah. Georgia, Notre Dame, Clemson, maybe Notre Dame they'd score a little bit more on, but those three Clemson, Alabama, and Georgia, they'd score ten points max and get their ass drilled. Yep. And and that and that's something that we I think we see every single year from depending on who's playing, you know, it it it'll adjust throughout the years, but you always have those games where you you know I don't have any hair on my head, but I could I could sure lose my beard watching some of these football games the way they're played. If, if Auburn gave up, if Auburn gave up, my team gave up fifty two points or whatever in a game, I would feel like I had the worst team in the world. I mean, if we gave up twenty something yesterday, and I felt like our defense sucked. I mean, you imagine Oklahoma held somebody to twenty points, they'd be world beaters, man. That'd be yeah, uh, thinking they were the best defense in the country, and they're they're just awful. I, I mean, just terrible football. What if I to, what if I told you that your offense scored fifty two points in a game at home? How would you feel? You would think you should I feel win. Like I won the game. Yeah, exactly. I, that that was like the worst thing about it was Mason Rudolph and Oklahoma State's offense had this amazing performance, and they lost because their defense gave up sixty two points. Like it's ridiculous. Hey, and I mentioned that earlier. I don't know if you remember our conversation. I was worried. I mean, everybody was ranking Oklahoma State up there, really. And I was like, 
I don't get it. I, I really don't. And, and and I've I've watched this team all year long and they're seven and two. I get it, but that they're a lucky seven and two. I'm gonna tell you right now, they're about maybe three or four plays away from having four losses out on the season. See, and I'll say this. This kind of play doesn't help my friends who don't like college football. My my one friend <laughs> who constantly gives me crap about college football is like, how can a guy throw for almost 600 yards? Like, that's pathetic. I'm like, well, that's how they play. Def- they don't play defense in the Big 12. So just just ignore DC those games and, and watch the other conferences. Actually, don't watch the Pet Club either. They don't really play defense either. So avoid those two conferences, and you'll see. See, I think TCU's going to get eliminated. I think TCU's going to get eliminated this weekend going to Norman. I I think TCU's a better football team, but in this kind of game, being going on the road like this is is huge. I'm just hoping that Oklahoma's gas by now, and uh, they scored too many points, and their Baker Mayfield's arms about. Or, you know, fall off because of that. But TCU, I think Jonathan's right. I think that's the only team in the Big 12 that could be respectable in a playoff game. And uh, the Oklahoma would get crushed, just like Jonathan said, against any of the teams in there, any of them, Notre Dame included, Quinn. Uh, Oklahoma would be in serious. Could you imagine Oklahoma trying to stop Notre Dame's running attack? Shit, they'd be riding <laughs> like a horse, riding a – Riding the running back into the end zone on his back, I mean, hold it on to him. That's it. <laughs> Oklahoma started running back, had over 200 yards rushing yesterday. And so you stop and you think about it, you're like, so they gave up 200 yards rushing to Oklahoma State. I'd love to see them play Notre Dame and see if Josh Adams can break the record of four of whatever it is, 420. I mean, I almost feel like he could do it against Oklahoma's defense. Well, hold on. Now, now wait a time. second. It, you know. They, they they gave up a lot. Notre Dame gave up 37 points to Wake Forest yesterday, and I'm not impre- I'm not impressed at all with Notre Dame because then they turn around, you know, just a couple weeks ago and let UNC score 33 points on you. So yeah, they are impressed with that eight and one. They only lost to Georgia, but those two games what? right there, those are the ones that are going to end up costing them a spot in the Final Four. You, you those, those, no team has scored more than 20 up. Of Wake Forest, they only gave up 14 points to USC. What are you talking okay. about? I, 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 I'm sorry. I was, I, I'm sorry. I was looking at. I was looking. I was looking at the wrong side. I apologize. That yeah, they that you, they scored 33 against UNC. But that game, that game, that Wake Forest. Come on, Wake Forest is nothing to write home to Mama about. So you I know. know. And, and late in the and late in the year like that. Come on. Late in the year, it's going to hurt I'll tell you, you, it's you a didn't watch spot, the game. Though. I watched the game. In the second half, Notre Dame's defense pretty much shut it down and cruised. And it pissed me off. It did. It pissed me off. Because they actually played defense in the first, and then they're just like, we're up by three scores, and we know our offense can score. So they, so they pretty much just put on their cruise control and wet weight score, and I was pissed off. Well, let's let's see if that costs them when it comes time for the final the four. Deal, let's guys. see if that costs them. But, but here's the deal. Like, that game was well in hand. I think Notre Dame yeah. has to realize one thing. If they went out, they're in. It doesn't matter if 
if Wake put up 50 on them as long as they won. I think they had to make sure they stayed healthy for their last three games. you got Miami on the road next week in a night game. You've got Navy coming into town, which is unorthodox kind of offense that you got to be physical with. And then you got to go on the road to Stanford in the rival game. So I think, honestly, Sonny, I get your point. I was alarmed too, but I think Notre Dame just trying to make sure they're alive by those by those games and not injury prone because they're trying to shut down Wake Forest. You know, man, I'm just mad because they gave up the backdoor cover. Like Notre Dame was my play <laughs> today, and all, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, 48 to 30. All right, cool. Final score. Let's wrap it up. I'm Go ahead, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that, mm-hmm. Johnson, because, Sonny, Sonny, I don't know if you knew uh, Lane Kiffin much at Florida Atlantic, but Friday night, <laughs> they were six-point favorite, or a five-and-a-half-point favorite. They were up six, covering. Lane Kiffin took a safety at the end of the game, which really didn't make sense. <laughs> Went lost but one by four and cost everybody the cover, and he mentioned that after the game. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to make sure we didn't cover the spread. I mean, what, what do you think about that comment from the head coach? <laughs> he might have had a bet on the game. That's all I got to say by a third party. He say, yeah, let's go ahead and let's have a let, – let's, let's put a couple honey on this and let's see if we can get it done. Yeah. And, you know, Nick Saban called him and was like, hey, now, I got Marshall plus the points. All right. So if you ever, if you ever want a good job, you want a big time coaching job again, you gonna go ahead and find a way to win by like two. And Lane Kiffin looked at him was like, "Man, there's like 20 okay. seconds left. I can get, I can get away with this. Nobody else has twice, right? Oh, I'm just trying to run out the clock." Yeah. Oh yeah. Just Las Vegas is going crazy. Yeah. And, and here's the here's the uh, here's the stupid award. Oh. Yesterday went to. Uh, Arkansas quarterback that after he went up one over Coastal Carolina at the end of the game, he's over there flexing his muscles uh, to the crowd, Jonathan. I don't know if you saw that or not, but uh, uh, I was watching. They, they go up to win the game in the last second, and he's flexing his muscles to the crowd over here. He didn't even have any muscles, but you just see Coastal Carolina, one and seven. Coastal Carolina team and Brett Bielema is charging the field like he just won the damn Super Bowl. Man, I was I saw the score and I was like, "Oh, just do it! Like, like just 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 end Burt Burt now. Go ahead and put the on the field. We're done. Like Coastal beat them. It's your first year in Division One football. You beat Arkansas. Oh, you're legit now. We we we're gonna have to have a parade for you. And I'm sitting there watching. All of a sudden, I gotta like find this on a back channel because it ain't even on SEC Network for me. It's on like SEC Network Plus or whatever. So I'm sitting there flipping like the 1300. And I'm like, come on. Uh, I I was I was upset that uh, Coastal couldn't hold on there. Oh yeah. Let's bring in Jason. Speaking of speaking of being down. Hold on, Quinn. Jason, welcome to the show, buddy. Uh, I know you're down oh and out after your Oregon Ducks got raped. Well, it's, it's, you, you go through the whole week. You, you thought Hubert was coming back, but Bumas just started. <laughs> and it, it was a win because we didn't give up 70. Okay, so it, it is what it is. You know, I, I'm not too upset about it. No, just damn yeah, you are. Don't lie. No. <laughs> Don't lie. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more, more fired up because there's Duck fans wanting Tiger gone after one what? year. That's what I'm fired up about. Really? 
Hey, you yeah. know, we'll take we'll, we'll take old, old Willie down to Tallahassee. I mean, if y'all want him, um, I mean, we'll, we'll, he he can come home. That ain't that ain't an issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jason. I mean, you know, we 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 talked about it before the year started. We know Taggart's a good coach, but we knew he was going to have a trouble getting that getting six wins. How many wins do you think y'all are going to end up with? I think it's seven. I, I think we could beat huh. Arizona. Yeah, no. Arizona's rush defense is terrible. And we could beat Oregon State. Both games are at home. So. You don't lose to Arizona, buddy. Okay. To Arizona? Yeah. Somebody... Oregon yeah, no, no, the football team. Best yeah. rush defense in Love the back Rich Rod. Listen, Arizona can put up points. I think they put in Coast. Arizona can, Arizona can score points. They put up 90 in two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. So they can put up some points, but they give up a lot, though. <laughs> yeah, well, they'll, they'll, win, they'll win, like, 55 to 52. I mean, like, go go ahead right now. Go find out what the over-under is. If it's under 100, take the over. Five-star, that's your play of the week. Play of the year, lock of the year. Over in Oregon, Arizona. Well, I, I got to tell you guys something if I can. Um, there was Oregon High School football in the state of Oregon. At the highest mm-hmm. level, there was a football school, 75-72. So that, that Oklahoma <laughs> means nothing. <laughs> hey, indoor, what are, what are y'all hey, two years ago in indoor football, we had a 98-96 game. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh I, I called that game, by the way. <laughs> you know, you know, in, in, anytime I've seen a game go like that, I've always had the under. It pisses me off. You know, you go, you go under <laughs> seventy, and there's twenty-eight, twenty-eight at the end of the first quarter. You're like, damn it. Um, oh man, I mean, just, uh, when it was when it was thirty-eight up at a halftime in Bedlam, I looked at my over seventy-eight, and I'm like. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go have a nice steak for dinner. Yeah, I've never been under on Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. They suck. Well, Jason, give me your thoughts about what happened in football this weekend and college football. What do you think about um, – who do you think Georgia, how do they look? Do you think they can lose? What do you think about Bama, all those other teams? Well, with Georgia, it's, it's the, the one thing that we all learned this year – it is very hard to go on the road, okay? What I came out of this weekend, can we please stop calling Meyer a better coach than a Saban? It's three out of four <laughs> last losses at Iowa, blowout. At home against Oklahoma, blown out. Carter's football playoff, blown out, okay? When's the last <laughs> time Saban got blown out? It's been a minute. Never. Okay? Never. And Tennessee, what are they waiting? Are they going to keep Bush Jones for another year? Thank God I'm not a Tennessee well, hell fan. hell no. No, they got to let that guy go. Tennessee burned the wrestlers. <laughs> Tennessee on, burned the wrestler on a true freshman quarterback for three plays. I yeah. kid you not. <laughs> that was smart. <laughs> That's that's Bud. That's Bud saying we're gonna I'm gonna screw you any way I can before I get out of here. So, 
So, yeah. so Jason, well, what did you think about the Missouri-Florida game yesterday? Were you impressed with Florida's ability to get the hell beat out of them against Missouri? Nope. Well, it's, no matter who's Florida's coach right now, it doesn't matter. That season is long gone. <laughs> Florida State better beat Florida because if not, I think Jonathan's going to go on a rampage. Who can't beat Florida? I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm so, they're so bad. All right, all right. That was a rhetorical question. Thank you. <laughs> Any anybody in the state hey, of Kentucky hey, or Tennessee? That's it. I gotta ask. I was I was watching the Ohio State Iowa game, Jason, yesterday, and I swear to you, Urban Meyer clutched his heart. You know, I thought he was gonna fake another heart attack uh, during that game yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's, it's funny right. that whole division that we talk about being the toughest. Michigan State could win it if they beat Ohio State. Wow. And the Michigan State should have sent a letter to Fox saying, thank God this is not a night game. It's a noon game. But you know what? I look at Kurt Ferentz. I look at D'Antoni like that. I mean, is the SEC ever going to wake up and go get – I mean, here's my question. Do these guys – take winning serious enough to come to the SEC where if you lose two games, you're going to get crucified in the middle of the field by your fan bases. And can, Could those two coaches handle that kind of pressure, Jonathan, of every week? Because they're so inconsistent. Um, they'll win they'll, they'll win one game, and then they'll turn around and get Northwestern, they'll school drag them, and then they'll turn around and beat number one, and then uh, Illinois will pile drive them. I mean, could they handle that kind of SEC pressure where if you don't win every game – they're calling for your head, it seems like. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, the fan base was ready to fire D'Antonio um, after last year, and that was their first losing season in how long? And Kirk Ferentz and the Iowa fan base have this really weird relationship. Do I think both could survive in the SEC? Uh, D'Antonio might. I mean, I don't know about Ferentz. That would be interesting. Because, like, yeah. All right, think about this with Michigan State, though. They've had four games against quality teams. They lost to Northwestern in double overtime because they missed two field goals. They got their ass kicked by Notre Dame. They beat Michigan in a monsoon. They beat Penn State because of a three-hour lightning delay. Like, are they really that good, or is Mother Nature just on their side? Hey, sometimes you got to be lucky. <laughs> Rather be lucky than good any day. Rather be lucky than good. That's right. Exactly. That's right. You got you to gotta be lucky. Let me. I lost Quinn. Let me see where Quinn went. Okay, I think we, we hey, have Cuervo, yeah. too. I mean, Cuervo, you're talking about a depressed Tennessee fan right there. Cuervo, Butch Jones, are you going to bring him back one more year? Yes or no? Um, how many different variations of no can I say, Brian, to make it nah, clear nah. he doesn't want to be back? <laughs> Do you know any languages other than English that you can say no? <laughs> I do actually. <laughs> How many? <laughs> it's like, like I mean, I'm I'm willing to sit here and listen to. Well, we're gonna do the the Midwest no, and we're gonna do the Northeastern nah, and we're gonna do the Southern hell nah, and we're gonna say you know Greek okay. I mean, it's like yo, let's just go down the list of how many different ways we can just say no to Butch Jones coming back and John Gruden not taking that job either. Well, yeah, well, Cuervo, I'm almost I'm almost surprised you, Cuervo. I think. Tennessee's a ten and a half point underdog to Missouri this weekend. 
<laughs> Take the <laughs> points, man. Lay them. Don't surprise me one bit. They, matter of fact, they should be underdogs the rest of the season. I don't care if they're playing the local high school team. Just make them <laughs> underdogs. Yeah, Jonathan made a good point about burning a red shirt off a guy for about three plays. I mean, really? I would I would rather lose a Southern Miss and than than hurt a kid's future for sitting out, and all of a sudden he gets thrown in against Southern Miss for a few plays. Hell, you might as well play him the rest of the right? year now. You might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's that's great management. That is great management of your future You know how Butch is. It's all about getting those championship rest, uh, reps. Uh, because you know when you're when you're champions of life, you got to get your championship reps. You know every game's a playoff game. We just got to do a weekend week out, and we're gonna prove that we're the best Dagda team to ever lose nine games. <laughs> mm. I, I know I know who I want the ball to get, Cuervo. I know who I like want the ball to get. the champion of cliches and the king cliche to me. Yeah, they, I mean, think Cuervo, about this. I have your head coach. Cuervo, I have your head coach and your offensive coordinator. Uh, Ron Rivera is your head coach, and, and Mike Shula is your offensive coordinator. Please come get him out there uh, before I kill him. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, jeez, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what uh, to respond to that. I mean, Florida, go hire Mike Shula now, please. Sonny, <laughs> <laughs> Sonny, I, I love Rivera, don't I, Sonny? Oh, you got a mad crush on the man. <laughs> have I ever said one good thing about him? Have I ever? Have I ever said one good thing about him? Never. I, I think I I, I think, you, I think you said you liked his glasses. I, but I take away from that, I don't remember anything good. No. Yeah, he does have high quality what a glasses. Conservative, what a conservative prick. I mean, like, he's so tight. I mean, Cam Newton had to cuss him out. To get him to go for it on fourth and inches. I mean, he, I mean, it, it's terrible. Fire his ass, get him out of there because all he's doing is is killing it. I know that. I know that hurt uh, Sonny today watching Cam Newton ball. Watching watching Cam well, get in. I know that hurt you, Sonny. I it, it did, but I did pick him to win the game. I didn't want to. Um, you know, you, you, when you're looking at the games and you're going, man, Atlanta really should win this game. But, man, Atlanta is just turned into the team that you kind of expected as far as the Super Bowl hangover. They have just been awful. They can't get anything going. And, hey, forget about the offense. Their defense is pathetic. And and losing that game, they had no business losing that game. Well, newsflash, Atlanta's defense wasn't good last year, and they have an alcoholic as their offensive coordinator. So, who thought this was going to go well this year? Like, you know, oh, Atlanta's going to repeat. A, nobody ever repeats as division champs in the NFC South, except Carolina did those couple years. But one of the years they went 7-9. and nine. That doesn't really count. Uh, B, the way they lost that Super Bowl, did anybody, they're not going to be right for like 15 years. I mean, yeah. that Ryan might as well request a trade now. That, that whole thing is is a it, it's a shipwreck right now. They they can't get off the island, and 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 mm-hmm. I don't Sonny, think I don't think there's Jonathan anything. Where did Jonathan Stewart play football, Sonny? Where, where, did, where did Jonathan Stewart Say, play football at? Oregon, Oregon. 
Yeah, he's, well, he can't he's an Oregon guy, Pac-10 guy. Yeah, he's terrible, man. Yeah. Good Lord. Cut he, his ass today. He, he, he hurts you. He, he hurts you. And you guys, are, like I said, you got Carolina's lucky to get out of that game. You know, if if that yeah. defense in Atlanta had anything, they were they should have they should have beat them. But you know, especially with the whole situation with his butt, his bestie being shipped out of town, they they have him in a mental a mental town right time right now. Yeah, you can beat Cam right now because he's an emotional player, and and that should have affected him, and it did. But they got lucky because Atlanta's defense is lacking. Mm-hmm. It's a well, Georgia I think Cam team. plays what better when he's when his back. You know, you know, Cam. When it seems like when the when everything's against him, when you think he's going to play bad because of it, he usually plays plays better. He he didn't play great today, but when they fumbled the ball inside, coming on those first couple drives, Stewart kept fumbling it, and then Carolina hung in there. I mean, Carolina could have easily blown that game open, but I'll tell you, the biggest play of the game was Julio dropping that fourth down pass wide open oh. in the end zone. <laughs> that was that that was uh on red zone or whoever was announcing it is I don't think we'll ever see that again. That wide open, that I mean, right off the fingertips. It, it was it, it it was a bad it was a bad scene there. Oh yeah. But I loved it though. Anytime an Alabama guy makes a fool of himself I I'm there to I'm I'm there to laugh about it, but um, you know the NFL wasn't that exciting today. The NFL was boring today to me. It wasn't. It just wasn't. I mean, Philly killed Denver. The Rams skull dragged the Giants. Saints killed Tampa. Jacksonville killed Cincinnati. Carolina beats Atlanta. Uh, a surprise to me. It wasn't the Sunny or Cuervo. Indy beat Houston. Tennessee did what they're supposed to do and beat Baltimore. Arizona beat the winless Niners. Seattle lost. That was good. Dallas won. I mean, I mean, is it is it just me, Jonathan, or is the NFL just uneventful this year? Really, it just doesn't seem exciting. Um. Well, I watched like six minutes of the Bucks game, and then I figured out that I had better things to do today. Um. So, I mean, like, I, I, you know, I don't really care for the NFL as is, and it's mainly just because I think the product is keeps getting worse, and um. You know, obviously it doesn't help that my team can't draft well. I mean, we've we drafted a safety in the second round last year who's afraid to tackle. We drafted a cornerback in the first round the year before that who can't cover. We drafted a kicker we already cut in the second round. We drafted a left tackle in the second round that can't block. You know, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it doesn't help that I just – my team sucks, so I just really don't care. I, and, and I'm with you. I don't think the NFL is as fun this year. There's, all, there's too much parity. And it's a conversation I had with one of my buddies who's – a Ravens fan, so you can imagine how he feels about this year. Um, yeah. He was actually he was actually upset that Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers got hurt because now those games are they're they're toss ups instead of automatic blowout losses. Um, you know, I mean, I, it's there's so much parity now in football that it's in the NFL that it's created this. How, how would I put it? This, there's this vacuum where you're wait you're waiting for somebody to be good. You're waiting for Kansas City to to really take control this year, or you're waiting yeah. for, you know, so you're waiting for something. You're waiting for one team in each division in all reality. And it's like, oh, look, Norris is good, but are they really good? Um, you know, Seattle's good, but are they really good? They, I mean, they can't run the ball. Norris can't play defense. 
you know, the NFC North, I mean, what's your best team now, Detroit? And I, you're not comfortable saying that. They just went 0 for 5 in the red zone against Pittsburgh the other night. Um, you know, you look at the Steelers and you're like, meh, I don't know if they're that good. The AFC South is garbage, uh, mainly because Watson and, and Watt and all of them got hurt. I mean, Houston's the dope, but more bad injury luck than anybody else. The AFC West, Denver can't find a quarterback. Oakland can't find a win. San Diego can't find fans. And, 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 uh, and the Chiefs, it's like, oh, well, you're good enough to just be boring. So it's like, oh, look, it's going to be Tom Brady in the Super Bowl again, and who's he going to play? Oh, let's say the Eagles now. Okay, well, all right, well, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Probably Tom Brady. I mean, I, what, 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 why are we holding our breath? I mean, it's just it's not a fun product. The level of play has gotten worse, and it, it, and everything else going on the side does not help. It's like in the one time where the sport's legitimately in a crisis with its own identity uh, on the field. Off That's the field, we have point. so much going on. That yeah. it just it distracts and takes away from it and just turns you off. You're like, I don't want to hear five minutes to the game about how many guys took a knee. Who cares? I want to talk about who just got lit up on the field. Well, that, that's why you got to watch Red Zone. <laughs> well, for me, the NFL has been more fun this year because the, my Bears are doing better than I expected them to do. So your quarterback sucks. Bears. <laughs> They're still doing better than what I thought they'd do. Hey, you yep. know, I, I, my, my team, right now we're slotted to have a top five pick. I can't be happier. Maybe we'll actually get a good player. Probably not. We'll find a way to waste it. I mean, just trade well, James probably, Jackson probably now. Probably the punter from Alabama. <laughs> probably the punter from Alabama you'll draft. Hey, you know, J.K. <laughs> Scott's a very good punter. He can flip the field. That's definitely something that this team needs. Uh, I think if we weren't already paying a punter $5 million a year, we could definitely use a great punter from Alabama. Maybe hell, Come on, sell it, punters. man. Sell it. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll take two punters. We'll put them both on the field at the same time next to each other, and then the defense will be confused as to who's actually going to punt the ball, and maybe we'll only have three punts blocked in a game instead of four. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, and look at Jacksonville. Well, I, I, that's my team, and I, I, I'll tell you, I didn't expect this. I, I'm still not a believer. I, I know that's really horrible to say, but I don't believe in the quarterback. I believe in the defense. The defense is stout. But man, once they once they meet a real team, you know, th- then we're gonna show. Then the uh, offense will show what they really are, which is nothing. So Jacksonville getting a victory over Cincinnati. I'm a nah, I don't care, you know, because Cincinnati's just that bad. If Jacksonville was smart, they would offer Tampa a first round pick and Blake Bortles for Jameis Winston. And if Tampa was stupid, which they are, they'd accept the trade. Please happen. Please, please free Jameis from Tampa, and please keep him in state, because then at least I can like I could root for him. If he went to the Jaguars, I'd be, oh, well, you know, all this Buck stuff, yeah, it's on now. Let's be a Jaguars fan, boys. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get Carolina to free Cam Newton because man, they're dying there in that in that program, that uh, team, man, with that coach. How about this? Is it Cam-, Cam and Carolina draft a head coach? It's worth a damn. I mean, I mean, this Cam. Well, a trading Kellen Benjamin looks very stupid on the surface. B is Cam that good? I don't know. 
I really don't. I can't tell what his offense is. Well, hold on. I, I don't have a I'll say game. when his head's in the game, exactly, Tarvin. When his head's in the game and he can get some kind of protection. Cam's getting two seconds. You need three to three and a half. And he's, that one second is making a huge difference. And I think it's taken out on his psyche. Last year, this guy took hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. This guy is tired of it. I think that's what needs to change. And, and where, the only way oh, that's yeah. going to be done is a change of scenery because obviously they don't realize or know that your number one position is your quarterback and the number two position is your offensive line. Take away from that. You know, they're not going to do anything about it in the offseason. They're going to be in the same position next year, and Cam's really going to be bad next year. So trade Cam to Atlanta. Runs at one time. No, hell, I hate Atlanta. Um, Cam Newton's the leading <laughs> yeah. rusher for Carolina, and he only carries it three times a game. I mean, Stewart, all he does is get the ball and fall down or fumble. I mean, he is terrible, man. This running game <laughs> – is bad. They can't run block. They can't pass block. Cam's running for his life. So, Jonathan, my answer to your question is, I think Cam Newton, if you look at 2015 and come down just a little bit, I think that's the true Cam Newton. Um, a little better than uh, – not not as good as what he did in 15, I don't think. Uh, but they, he just has no protection. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh, like yeah. Tony said, that one second is huge. That one second oh. makes a big difference. Is Cam a 12-year-old? Yeah, I think he is. He needs to mature a little bit. But I think physically he's gifted. He's got a strong arm and he can run it. But I don't know. I'd, I'd be scared, too, if I was him. Well, it's amazing because the two best quarterbacks in the NFC South both have terrible offensive lines and both just keep getting lit up. And, and that's and that's the truth. I mean, you know, as much as I respect Drew Brees, I would take Cam and Jameis over him um, right now. And unfortunately, both those quarterbacks are on such are in such bad situations that they haven't really truly been able to showcase their talent. Carolina has not had a good left tackle since Jordan Gross, um, and, and yeah. that has clearly uh, been, been an issue. Whereas you look at Tampa, Tampa hasn't had a good offensive line since 2002 when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, I mean, yep. if those two teams could figure out how not only to incorporate offensive line, but in Carolina's case in particular, put weapons around him. Don't trade away his best receiver for a third-round pick. Uh, utilize Christian McCaffrey to his full ability. Uh, go ahead and tell Jonathan Stewart, you know what, buddy? It's been fun, but i got to let you go. Uh, you know, and also, Greg Olson being hurt doesn't help uh, at, at all. But, I mean, you know, the fact that Greg Olson is out shouldn't cripple this offense. That You know, they haven't been able to develop a number two receiver because they banked on Ted Ginn Jr., who was just a nine-route runner, Devin Funches, who is a converted tight end. Not going to work. You only have one of those. Um, and then um, uh, Curtis Samuel, who, I mean, we see how bad Tavon Austin's doing with the Rams, which, by the way, you think they could have that extension back? Good God, they gave him a bunch of money and barely used him. Um, you know, so if Carolina knew how to draft properly and put talent around Cam Newton, this wouldn't be an issue. But their general manager is such an idiot that he can't figure out Ash from Elbow. Well, the, the interesting point that you state about Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn goes over to, to, to the Saints, and he's having, he's having a pretty, pretty damn good year. So I, I'm not sure what the, what the problem it really in reality is. I, I, just, I don't think offensive Cam Newton's line. mentally in the game right now. Yeah, because of the offensive line and because of the mega hits that he takes. Listen, guys, he hasn't just been taking hits. This guy's been taking mega hits. 
I mean, getting his clock clean, no flags, and guess what? Until flags start start get throwing, people are still going to do it. Now, it hasn't happened as much this year, but last year was enough. I think where Cam has taken a step back, and I think he, I think he's, I think he's done in his mind in Carolina, and is ready to move on to the next one. You know what I don't understand is why is why players love to like take these mega shots on Cam, but not like other quarterbacks. Like it seems like for some reason they like so to they like to lay out Cam, but they'll like take it easy on other quarterbacks. Well, that, when you make yourself it, unlikable, guess what happens? Exactly. And and, and there's something. It, it, listen, everybody says they hate ego for a reason. We don't like egotistical people. We love Peyton Manning. Why do we love Peyton Manning? Guy's humble as hell. Same thing with Drew Brees. I mean, God, how can you hate Drew Brees? You don't hate Drew Brees. That guy's a stud, and he's a humble stud, a a humble uh, uh, um, teammate that you have. And when you play against him, you're like, yeah, that guy's cool. And he just walks off the football field like, yeah, I've done that before. And, And every time... Cam scores, it's all of a sudden like they're about ready to go to the Super Bowl. And it could be week number two in the NFL, and he's showing his ass, and people hate it. Well, most NFL, <laughs> most of the defensive players who are hitting them have an ego. So maybe they should look at themselves in the mirror because a lot of those uh, defensive it? players are celebrating after after yeah. they hit a guy. So, I mean, two, isn't that well, the same thing of what Cam does? Two different that, sides of the ball. Quinn, <laughs> that sounded Cam so can sad. Be down, Cam can be down 28 to nothing. Cam can be down 28 to nothing, get a first down, That's and act true. like he just won the Super Bowl or something, you know. And it's, I think That's it just true. rubs people the wrong way. It rubs them. And him yeah. wearing those dresses and stuff like that and uh, <laughs> lipstick and wigs and things like that, I think it just upsets people. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about defensive players. Well, guess what? They get to make maybe three plays a game. Um, you know, they don't. You know, when they get a sack on Cam or any quarterback, it's it's, it's a big deal, and they'll all do their insane celebrations at this point. And you'll see it with certain players who are just having fun. They have fun celebrations in the end zone, but nobody really gets the whole rub it in your face like he does after he gets a first down. Like Deshaun Jackson does that. That's why a lot of guys don't like Deshaun Jackson. Um, is because he, he, he would get a first down and then he would jaw jack in your face about how he just picked up 11 yards on you in the first play of the game. Um, you know, yep. Steve Smith rubbed a lot of guys the wrong way. And, you know, it's funny because you look at, you know, but at the same time, these are the kind of guys who, and I can't speak to how Cam is within his own team, but you look at Steve Smith at least, Deshaun, eh, Steve Smith, who fought a couple of his teammates during training camp, right? But there, he, there was a thing about him where nobody wanted to play against him. And everybody wanted to play with him. You know, Heinz Ward, a lot of defenders hated Heinz Ward because he was the master of, of the blindside crackback. And he would knock your feelings out. But everybody wanted to play with Heinz Ward because he was humble in his respects. Uh, so I think Cam, you know, we're still trying to figure out, unfortunately, and what, his fifth year in the league, whether or not um, he, he actually has enough humility about himself. To, uh, to to really be a good teammate, or is he just looking out for his and his own? You know, I, I, it's sad that we're talking about this, um, but, you know, it, it, it's a very fickle situation with Cam that you don't see with, with other quarterbacks. That's the seventh year in the league, but 
But guys, we'll run through real quick. I've got to run here in just a minute. We've got to cut the show off. Uh, Sonny, any final thoughts you have for tonight? Yeah, final thoughts I have, and I hate to admit it, Rams are for real. I, and now, not because they beat up the New York Giants, okay, guys? Hell, anybody can beat up the, the Giants. But here's the thing. This is a team that flew cross-country. You really didn't expect them to, you know, if they would have lost, you wouldn't have been surprised because of, the, of the thing. Exactly. So, you know, you look at that. I, I'm, I'm, I think I, I'm not going to become a Rams fan, but I, I, that seems for real out there. So watch out for that. And number two, San Francisco, if you can't play Jimmy Garoppolo in his first week that, you know, are ready to play for you, and you think that your rookie is going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo, your franchise is in bigger in, in worse shape than I even think it is. It's a dumb move. Should have played Jimmy G, and they would have won today. Cuervo? Yeah, guys, so, I mean, what I, what I took from today is don't, don't fall in love with certain teams because they won today. You know, just like Sonny was talking about how, you know, the Rams are for real. Um, don't don't fall in love with teams like Dallas and Washington because of the wins that they got today. All right, you know Kansas City looked very flat offensively. I thought their game plan was was not very good. I I really couldn't figure out what they were trying to do to try and win this game. Um, but uh, you know don't don't fall for the Cowboys being the contender because they're not. And, and as far as Washington, I mean, how often do we see Seattle get? Uh, you know, burnt at the end of a game like they did in this one. So, um, you know, that, that's that's all I got. Is you know, it, it's it is November now, Brian, and I know you talked a lot about November football, and that, this is when it gets real. Uh, however, this is the first week of November, and uh, let's see how the rest of the month goes. All right, Quinn. No, I don't have any thoughts. All right, Jason. There's a lot of college football to be played. So these top oh, four yeah. teams are gonna flip. We got a month left. We got a month. Yep. Jonathan, real quick, anything? Yeah, Florida's gonna be the only team in the state not to go to a bowl game, and that's damn funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Go Gators. Go Gators. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're gonna be they're terrible, man. We we said it all year before the year, and maybe people will start listening because I didn't know they was gonna be this bad, but they they're bad. Because well, nobody ever care. listened we'll, to Jonathan. We'll try, to, uh, we'll try to have a show this week to preview some of these big college football games going on. But thanks for everybody for joining us tonight. It's been fun. An hour and a half flew by, so enjoy the daylight savings time. My body's already telling me it's almost time for bed. So. Uh, <laughs> Everybody have a great week. <laughs> God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. I Take it easy, Brian.